welcome to this alchemical episode of the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Open your grimoires, get your beakers, and let's get cooking. Welcome everybody to the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Greyhorn Pagans podcasts, welcome, welcome all. This is going to be a interesting one. I don't think I have done anything like this before. Uh, we are live today with the the one and only head of human ecology, Juan from Juan on Juan podcasts. Um, thank you for uh, for joining us, man. Sure, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate the invite. It's an honor, dude. The amount of work you have done researching the homunculi is stupendous, bro. Like I, I have, uh, I've watched a lot of your stuff lately, and because I, I have this big theory that the homunculi are literally the pygmies, the dwarfs, the elves, the tomte, all the different creatures that we've known in mythology and the literal little people that we're finding homo floriensis and all these. I, I think they're all just different versions of the same thing. And some of them may have had magical abilities, you know, the ant people, you know, they, they could put their head against a rock and poof, right into it. So I think there's a lot to, uh, a lot to the work that you've been looking into, man. That's the thing that there's various. Now, I wouldn't go as far, me personally, as far to say that they're all homunculus, right? I think that homunculus is kind of sort of the alchemical homunculus is really the one that's, that would be termed the homunculus. Everything else falls under this mythological creature type of thing. But the fact that that exists, right, that that entire genre exists of mythological little creatures especially like the little gnomes the dwarves and all these the, the pygmies how you're saying that to me is bizarre because that, that's the whole thing about this topic that it's it's so far out but there's that possibility of like yo it could be true i mean look at all these legends and i mean look at of all i've been looking into like the chimeras like the dog-headed saints and the dog-headed men or yeah. the, right like all this all this in ancient egypt too i mean dude there's therianthropes on caves thirty thousand years old bro forty thousand years old like literal well well-defined drawings of therianthropes i just got into a bunch of the orignatian stuff and uh man some of that cave art is mind-bending bro and like they had culture music all that so long ago but like that was one of the first sets of cave paintings that like really struck me was the therianthrope stuff the what how do you spell that therianthrope it's basically a human hybrid human animal hybrid some therianthropes are described as like okay i got you like chimera yeah yeah yes nice. yeah yeah so and and that, that like the lion man uh the lion mensch figurine Mm. 40,000 years old, found in a cave in, uh, I think it's Stodelheim, Hodelheimstadel, yeah. Germany. Um, that that was a uh, that was a really old piece, man. And I mean, that there's a perfect example of a therianthrope. You've got a lion head on a man's body. So, and that's where I've been kind of going with it as of lately, where <laughs> as one of my guilty pleasures is cryptids. And what years was that from, bro, that German... The German paintings, what year did you say that was from? That was 40,000 years ago? 
40, yeah, 40,000. Wow, the, the ones in France date back to about 40,000 years. Some of the ones in northern Germany are about 35 to 38,000 years. But it's all the same population of people. They spread all the way around to Greece and then up into uh, Siberia also. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts on the on the dog man and right and, the, and Bigfoot and all that stuff. And I think that it might because we're on the camp of, hey, this might be interdimensional. It might be created. I believe it's sort of, sort of technology, right, that they're tapping into. I think it's something that's always been here, something that will always be here, and it's something that our government has known about. If you look, I think the Hellier case has a lot more truth to it than people are giving it credit for because it just sounds absurd. There is an underground base where they're doing hybrid human experiments. No, that sounds really realistic if you actually look at what the government's been doing for the last 40 years. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I think that... I think that reality is stranger than fiction, and I, I think that's part of it too. But this idea of like today, I came across like evocation and invocation. Like there's two different areas of it, right? And it's mm -hmm. like I believe that these entities, these things, I believe that they exist in this intermediary world where it's like in the middle of like reality and whatever imagination is, like you know, like this this in the abyss, if you will. Yes. Yeah. And I've seen. I mean. Yeah, the void, exactly. And I think that they can be brought forth into our reality. And right, and, and we can also visit that too. I mean, if it's through dreams or whatever it is, but I've come across these grimoires where they're kind of sort of, it, it's really weird because they're mixing things, they call it natural magic, and they're mixing things that are, it's alchemy. And that that's the thing about alchemy. You're, you're mixing, you're manipulating matter to have an effect on a much higher level. Right? Juan, look how easily we can manipulate matter, dude, just by blessing water. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, no, this is not a joke, dude. And I do it like, I don't know if I do it now just because, but like every time I drink a glass of water, I bless it. Every time I smoke, uh, well, let's say every time I partake in um, the, the legal MMJ that is here in the state that I'm in, I, uh, I do the same thing. There's, there's water in it. You know what I mean? So you just bless the little bits of water that come into your body as they do. And eventually that's all you are. Yeah. And, and, but the thing is, I think that these occultists as well, they want to pervert God's creed. I believe in God, right? I believe that there is a creator. You can call him whatever you want, but there is a, I believe there's a, there's a guy pulling the levers, right? This th cosmic 3d printer, pressing the buttons, <laughs> knowing what mold to put up. And these occultists do, they want to pervert that. So I think that, right, the homunculus concept ties into all of this because it, essentially they want to extract God and, and acquire God-like power through these different rituals and through these different recipes. And creating human life would be a very good big step in that. Well, yeah, not only that, sure. but if, if you look at man, man has always been, right, obviously man and woman, right, before anybody freaks out, but the the idea that you put your seed into something else right into the woman and you're able to create a life they they were like yo that's crazy now oh, what yeah. happens if i put it into a bird or a cow or xyz you know what yeah. i mean now i mean you're, the, you're, the, the chinese are literally doing that crispr yeah. like those crispr yeah. babies that's exactly what i was thinking yeah. like how is that any different from creating a humunculi <laughs> well it just i believe that the occultists of back then and the alchemists and you know physician magicians they've all just how manly p hall puts it the alchemist's cave has been replaced by four walls right instead of it being in the cave occulted now it's out and it's still kind of occulted because they're still working in the shadows kind of sort of and they come out with this mm. technology and they're just like yeah this is what you're gonna 
This is what you're going to do with it. This is where you're going to put it right without saying the words, right? We, we all know what happens, what they make us take and all these different things, but this is what you're going to do with it. We've developed it. Trust us, right? Trust the seance or science. I'm sorry. Trust the science and make sure that <laughs> yeah. you follow the rules, right? And, and you worship us. And I think that it, it hasn't changed. And as of recently, one thing that really freaked me out was after I did that video with mine unveiled the, the report of they've been able to create a fully synthetic human without yeah, a yeah. male or female. Yep. And that, ethics that, behind that. that right there, tell me, all right, they're making people more androgynous as, as time goes on. And then they're slowly alleviating the woman altogether. Right? They're literally making the woman an obsolete thing. And that is the most, I, I don't care what you think you can do in science. Okay. And yeah, maybe it's a fun experiment, but that's playing God. That's, that's well, that's where I think that's where the line is that we don't cross is mixing humans with animals. I, I think that's where we go. Okay. Maybe we can but that just already not happened. repeat the history if that's what happened before. I mean, that has already happened so many times before, you know, just uh, for example, the, um, the Minotaur or the, um, yeah. Crete. Crete was the first great example of the homunculi, man. I mean, you had the Minotaur all over that place. Pictures of that dude everywhere. Would it be more homunculi or would that be more in the realm of cryptids or is that like kind of related? It, it, it was created from the mythology though, wasn't it? So I guess it would be, if it was, it was born, a... it would be a cryptid. If it was created, it'd be a homunculi. Am I wrong with that? Well, yeah. I mean, you bring up a good distinction. I think a chimera, that would fall under a chimera. Yeah. And then, so to make the distinction, okay, the, the homunculus to, if we're going to get technical, the homunculus, the word homunculus didn't come into existence until the 16th century with Paracelsus. Okay. And it, it's Latin for little man or miniature human. Now yes. he's the one that came up with that word and it was in his, the nature of things, the natural rerum, which some people will say is a pseudo a pseudo paracelsian text and now what was happening back then was you have this these works of literature and what was happening was that these people who in the occult circles that were writing these works they didn't want to stamp their name on this stuff because it was heretical it was blasphemous it was you know it was against yeah. against the church oh. so they would attribute famous names to their works and they that would be their their pen name pretty much they would use you know uh names in history that were well known plato galen etc etc you name it, aristotle you know there's Aristotel pseudo aristotelian text like the so, like the hermetics did with like um yeah Hermes majestus yeah, exactly like we don't know if he actually wrote it but they attribute that to him now it could have been yeah. a collaboration it could have been a group of people but the natural rerum where it first appears the word homunculus where he gives the initial recipe in order to create one some people it was it was posthumously it was published so some people say it was his work some people say not point being that the word homunculus has always been attributed to paracelsus now the before the the, the word homunculus you had anthroparion i've seen it uh, the the forms I've seen it labeled the the boy in one which is really weird I've seen it labeled what uh, rational animal irrational animal bestia so beast uh, just different words but when you read the the context in which it's being portrayed in you go okay that's like an alchemical an alchemically made homunculus and the alchemical homunculus is the more fun one 
because we have all these recipes on it. And but a homunculus, if you really want to get there's various forms of homunculi. There's the 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 voodoo doll is a homunculus. It's a representation of man. Now, right? They've always they've always said that Yeah, so like a little like a little effigy, so either made of wood, clay, wax, whatever, and they tie it in a sympathetic magical way to whoever it is that you're trying to affect. That was the whole thing we you know, Scooby-Doo, I'm pretty sure, used the hum, uh, a little voodoo doll at one point where, you know, you've seen, you've seen it in movies. They, they burn it. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They put yeah. the pin in it, right? So Did you guys see the they, – they found a Buddha statue that had a person in it. Yeah. The bronze statue, and there was a, a fossilized human in it, dude. Fossilized, mummified. So, yeah, that's that's pretty damn special. That's, that's called Soku Shinbutsu, yeah. and it's really interesting because from those people, they were part of the Shugendo tribe, and, and – the there's there was a a mountain dwelling religion during the i believe it was eight to ninth century and they would worship the mountains and from that it was a syncretism of Taoism. it was Taoism of china yeah so it was japan so it was it was like a uh they came together and they they had all these different beliefs but they were the ones that read the shugendo were the ones that that really took that to the next level now the taoism is interesting because the taoists had a form of a homunculus what i call it the 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 astral homunculus of the golden little man where it was more of a philosophical thing now we don't know that's the thing they say it was done through meditation but the way some some of these texts get into an area where they're like they're talking about metaphysical things, but then they kind of breathe life into them and make it into like a flesh and blood type of thing. So they were talking about meditating and reversing this astral light that we give out, you know, from our from our head and reversing it in on itself. And through semen retention, they were able to right through after 100 days, they were able to incubate this little man in your solar plex here and project it outwards. Now, the purpose for that was for that little golden man that would take on a life of its own and a conscience of its own to live on forever for you after you were deceased. Because those monks that are mummified like that, bro, it takes them 8,000 days to mummify themselves. They, they would essentially believe that they weren't dead, that they were in a trans-like state. And they achieved the highest level of Buddhism by being in that, like, uh, what, what do they call it? Nirvana, whatever it is. They believe that. Yeah. They, that's why they were worshipped. By the way, the, those bodies were worshipped because they would become these talismans because they were they achieved the 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 magnum opus, if you will, for lack they, of a they, term. Yeah, I, I read the the one the article that I read on it basically said that they meditated into death. Because I'm writing an entire chapter on that one aspect because I think it's important to that that's something that's been documented, right? Because we have right in the community you want to you want to see evidence, right? Because we can write about all this stuff all we want, but unless you see it for yourself. And I use that as like, hey, this is the belief that they, right, that the human body was the extent to where the human body was pushed, right? And it's something that we can actually physically go see. Now, take that and you extrapolate it outwards where the body becomes like this sort of talisman philosopher stone. And then you have the legend of like the mellified man where it's like where you sac, you know, auto cannibalize yourself or auto, you sacrifice yourself similar to how, you have to sacrifice a homunculus to extract its magical essence. Well, the mellified man would, again, towards the end of his life, only eat honey, straight up honey, straight up honey until his excrement, his sweat, his tears, everything would become honey. 
And when they would die, they were entombed in a coffin full of honey for a hundred years. And after the fact, they would take out the body and then that pieces of that body would then be sold because it was like, it would cure people. They would put it on their wounds and it would heal them. They, it would supposedly fix broken bones. You could eat and heal yourself. So the body itself, you know, they've always said, I've heard Manly P. Hall put it that we are the philosopher's stone. We are the alchemical furnace. You know, we intake things that are in, in the lead form. So the arts that we read and we put out the gold with the stuff that we make, like podcasting or writing books or you doing said, whatever. You said something a second ago that caught me where you said they breathed life into it, right? Now, essentially, if you look at Adam and Eve, um, Ash and Elm, Ask and Embla, whatever, Adamo and Eva, they were all breathed life into. Would that make us homunculi? Or let's say somebody had CPR <laughs> or mouth-to-mouth done. Would they then become a homunculi? So that, that, that if you follow any, really, if you follow any story of creation, one one similar aspect to all of them is that we're created from the ground, from the dirt, from the clay, whatever, and then we're right, we're brought to life. So even the Anunnaki cosmology, man was created from like this hybrid of the Anunnaki. So like kind of sort of really like a chimera, but then that would put everyone in the homunculus category which I think if anything, it falls under the golem ca- category. So a man created through magic, and not so much alchemy. To, uh, like I, was, a I was just about to ask that about the golem when you mentioned uh, like Fruit of Doll made a clay, like my mind immediately goes to the golem. Mm-hmm. Like would that be another form or is that like something else entirely? Because that's also kind of, I mean, it is, you know, darker. Speaking, kind of speaking life into it and all, I mean, yeah. It is like a, a man-made man. man it's created. an art- artificially created person. Yeah. So th- that, that's essentially what it is now. The processes change and the, the purpose for which they are made for change. So the golem is more of a cybernetic AI Terminator Frankenstein type of thing where it's programmed to do one thing and one thing only versus the homunculus is a lot more versatile. It's, you can have it as a buddy, right? He can be your drinking buddy. He can do chores for you. Or you can straight up just sacrifice it and then use its body for magical purposes. See, now that's why I think they're all the magical beings. The homunculus is the Tom Tay, the Leprechaun, the Chloricon, and all of them because of the magical properties of them. The ant people, the, the moon-eyed people, whatever, you know, they, they had so many different names for them in so many different places. I think that the not maybe not the pygmies because those were just a group of really small people, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, dude, I was looking at pictures. There, There is some really, really intensely vivid pictures where you can see how much smaller pygmies are than normal people. Because this European dude's standing next to two of them, and it's a mother and a father, and she's holding the baby. And when you first see the picture, it looks like a dude standing next to two kids. And then you look closer. I mean, they're literally, like, waist high on them. It's unreal. But that's a uh, that's a really, really... I want to say deep because it's in so many different cultures. You know what yeah. I mean? The, these magical little man beings. It's funny because the, so, I, and again, that's why So it is a form of technology, right? I think that the occult is a form of tech. The alchemy is a form of technology. It's just, mm-hmm. it's there. You can tap into it and it's just like the force, right? You can use it for good, how you can use it for evil. And I mean, that, that debate was also up for, for discussion during these times because you had some philosophers that were like, Hey, 
your homunculi are demonic and mine are good. And then you had people who were uh, talking about how homunculi were artificial demons too. So there's that aspect of it too. And oh. I find it funny that Rudolph II, right, one of the one of these guys that really sparked the scientific revolution and was surrounded by all the greatest minds of, of all time. If you want to believe mainstream history, but he had a collection of midgets, bro. He had a collection of little people because he thought they were magical. Dwarf people. Not so much like... Ma he had like an actual army of like little persons. Tyrion Lannisters. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he where, thought they were magical. But like, where does that notion come from that these little people have some sort of magic? Would it be because of like the the leprechaun, the tonte, or the humunculus, or like that's, well, it's so specific, like so during, specific for little people during the the Renaissance. During that time, at least, right there, there were contemporaries, kind of, sort of, with Paracelsus. So they were around the 15th, 16th century. Oh. So you had this Hermeticism coming forth, right, and you had all the symbology and and all these. So it could have came from that. I mean, alchemy. I mean, to Rudolf the second was like he was known as the alchemical emperor pretty much he was he had a whole court of alchemists that would work 24 7 for finding him the philosopher's stone so that's the thing about alchemy that it's so fascinating that i believe even to this day the elites are using it now you can see this in the mainstream media i mean jeff bezos looking for the elixir of life trying to live forever because that's one of the magnum opus of alchemy is trying to live for the you know immortality yeah. so but then there's that one part of it, it's like were these guys just full of of crap or were they actually being being for real but there's a reason why they occulted it behind all this symbolism because some people argue with me all day long that the homunculus is symbolic and i agree there is a symbolic there's symbolic That's aspect right. to it but yeah. It's very, the symbology is so specific when you really start to get into the nitty gritty, they go, I don't know if I can buy that this was 100% alchemical, right? Like what a specific symbol to use for something. You know what I mean? That's, like the instructions yeah. are. When I, symbols that's symbols when are I, powerful, of course, but not everything is symbolic and not everything that is symbolic is just symbolic. Like there is meaning behind it. You know, the, well, I prefer to call them like the, the parasitic elite or tech elite or whatever. They use their symbols for a reason, you know, with the, for example, the new, what is it like meta social platform that all of a sudden. Oh, reds. Oh know, my God. Where, I mean, their logo, like it got, it got debunked so fast. That's the 666. It's like, yeah. How can they make such a big deal that it grew so fast when it's literally attached to the metaverse, bro? It's attached to WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram. So it's born into a group of customers already. You already yeah. have the three biggest apps supporting you. So how, I, mean, I would be surprised if it didn't become one of the biggest. I mean, that would have been more surprising to me. Yeah, and there's also the... The de the actual definition of corporation is an artificially created person mm -hmm. by a group of people. So, and then they attach sigils or symbols to these corporations. Therefore, they yeah. kind of sort of the become corporate like, body. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Corpus. So, I mean, I think that, in my opinion, that alchemy still plays a role. And you have the right. You have the good guys versus the bad guys. Whatever that may mean. And I think that they're trying to alchemize reality, transmute reality itself. Like you said it yourself, one of the magnum opus is the, the divine androgen. And I mean, I think that they're trying to do that now where they're trying to blur the line between the masculine and the feminine 
and it's like yeah. no it's just one big blob i think the latest i saw was you're supposed to call the lady parts a bonus hole i think now from now yeah, on. yeah. That's, <laughs> it's now now think about the indication behind that by itself right that that hole is an extra one that yeah. the other hole would be the primary <laughs> you know what i mean that yeah. really is mind-bending think oh. about that Think about the progress. They started with the whole butt infatuation, what, in the late 1990s. And then over the early 2000s to mid 2000s and 2000s and teens, it turned into this eating booty. Pardon my French, but I mean, I shouldn't even say that, but I mean, <laughs> it's it was like part of pop culture, dude, like literally. Yeah. Now you look and it's like hip hop, of course, you know, the, yeah. I'll, I'll say it out loud, it's like the, the big booty bitches. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Sir Mix-a-Lot, right? It, that was during the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, that's an interesting observation, right? Because that's the thing. And it, it gets dark real quick. And that's what a lot of people say. Like, oh, you know, you focus too much on the dark. And I go, yeah, but these are the guys that are at the top that are the, they've been using these principles to quite literally when rule the world. they put blood in everything in Hollywood for the last two to three years, there's literally blood Little Nas X's shoes, just about every concert or show from Sam Smith or Lil Nas X or one of these famous musicians, there's blood everywhere in it, right? So, I mean, they're they're getting deeply alchemical in that in itself. You know what I mean? Uh, like with the whole butt stuff, this, this turned into a weird podcast all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> but uh, like from we're, what I saw... We're there in the world now, bro. It's, it's a weird world we're living in, so it only makes sense. Yeah, but uh, what I remember from the Mind Unveiled video is that uh, with, with those, what is it, like devilish, demonic beings mm. in all those paintings that they will like birth man or some some type of man through their ass basically and it got me thinking because that 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 clicked all of a sudden because there is this thing basically for transgender men mm. i believe so male to female uh which for them to experience the miracle of birth. Oh God, it's I saw basically it. Basically, what? Really? It's a, it's a, it's a latex it's butt baby. Yeah, which is yeah, a latex butt baby. That's that's a latex butt baby, bro. So no. I was like, wait, th like those demons, those devilish entities are giving birth to those men or whatever. Yeah beings they may be through their ass and like that's a part of the well transgender agenda to you know, Little like to experience the miracle of birth like give mm -hmm. birth to a latex butt baby through your ass and i was like holy sh so you know in that part of the video that was that i'm not gonna put words in in mu's mouth but that part honestly uh, when I had presented that to him, it was supposed to be, in my opinion, it was supposed to be a joke when I presented that part to him. And Mind Unveiled really has a way of looking and reading between the lines, right? Yeah. And he, he really does a great job with that. So when he put that, he was kind of sort of hesitant to put that in there. But I was like, hey, listen, because we got this joke where it's like, right, it's all about the anal birth of the homunculus. Now, whenever I say that, I say that homage to somebody who should not be named and a, a, a certain researcher. And so when I, whenever I said that, I, I, I'm kind of sort of kidding and like kind of saluting. And when I sent him some material, he kind of took it and really ran with it. And he came up with a pretty good argument and a pretty good evidence because what he wanted to do was really paint a picture that 
all these paintings, right? Because right? life imitates art. So I think that he was trying to get at that this technology of the homunculus was occulted through this various medieval art or, you know, through all these ages. And it was implemented in the old world type of thing to repopulate uh, these old cities, these old Tartarian cities. And then you kind of link the Tartarian movement to it because you have the incubator babies and all that stuff. But this entire thing also to link it to Hollywood, the homunculus is also linked into the MK Ultra. And how you're you're able to because Crowley wrote about the homunculus in the nineteen in the early twentieth century. So you had him writing about this. He had his novel, The Moon Child, and it was pretty much so. I, you know, throughout this entire research of the homunculus, you see it. You know, twenty six hundred BCE as this metaphysical kind of physical thing, and then it evolves into blood and bones during the alchemists' sixteenth century kind of sort of. Right, you have ninth century around there, sixth century they're talking about it. So you see it kind of take a life of its own. And then from the 16th century and on, you have more like a Frankenstein, Golem, Chimera type of thing. Yeah. And then Crowley took it and was like, ah, that was all BS. You know, it's a human fetus can be a homunculus. So he's like, yo, at the two month mark, just invoke a soul into it. And we, you know, can bring this spirit of Babylon or whoever, you know, take mm -hmm. your pick, whatever spirit entity into existence. It's going to be a regular little baby, except use your imagination to as to what they could possibly be doing with that. I mean, you see that in Hollywood. Use your imagination. We'd have to get into specifics. But again, I think that it's all about replaying these these old plays in uh, like LARPing essentially is what it is, but to a whole nother yeah. level. Because they think that by right that that sort of offering is the highest point that you could ever offer, right? Because mm -hmm. it's a sort of again, blood is a sort of technology. We know it's very powerful in the occult, and we see yeah. it over and over again, uh, again. You know, and and they use this, they perverted it, and I've seen it taken. We see it in Hollywood all the time. Oh, so and so is a clone, right? So and so it has a, a double. Like we see it, those yeah. are homunculus. I mean, that's a thing. Do you not think though, like, do you not have you, like the movie, The Island, right? Yeah. And I mean, we're already making organs. We're making meat in factories, literally like lab grown meat Humunk and stuff. Me, bro. Right? It's Humunk how me. how <laughs> far into this are we already, bro? Like, I mean, we our, our technology could be 50, 60 years into this stuff already. And we would never even know it right now. Because I mean, they're telling us that China's making super soldiers now. That yeah. means they've probably been doing no. it for 50 years. You, you, don't go far. Ukraine, not too long ago, there was those reports of those Super soldiers that, that they couldn't take down. And then I linked that to a shipment, one of the biggest shipments, again, out of nowhere, to, I think it was to China, actually, of donkey penises that they confiscated. It's like, and, we, and the reason I say donkey <laughs> penis is because the, there's a recipe in this certain grimoire from the ninth century where you have to beat the carcass of a cow with a dog penis. And it's one of my favorite recipes. <laughs> it has to be the big one, though. It can't yeah. just be a small one. It has to be the biggest dog the penis biggest you can find. If you're going to hit a cow with it, then... <laughs> you know how many whacks did it take to tenderize a cow with a dog schlong, dude? I'm just so, saying. That's like... Listen. Listen, dude, work. And, and, and when you get into the symbolism of the of the of the dog, right, they say that they, I, I've heard it put that tortured souls get reincarnated as dogs. I've also heard that. Right. Because I, I love the dog, man, and all these different stories and lore. 
And the the ape too. The ape is sort of divine for our cultists because it's in it's it exists in this intermediate world of not fully beast but not fully human. And I mean, you have literature that talks about how the ape is the best animal for an occultist or a magician to utilize for their magical practices. And then if you take, and that would be to, again, I've done research to linking Bigfoot with Goetia. So the idea that Bigfoot is right, because the whole, what was it? The the Moorhead audio kind of sounds like the barbarous words of Goetia, right? That they, that they've always talked about where it's like kind of, you're speaking this gibberish to psychologically prepare yourself for what you're about to encounter. So you put yourself in this altered state of consciousness. And so I'm I'm linking like this, this topic with like the cryptid world and, and where these occultists are writing about this though. These occultists are writing failed experiments with other, with entities outside of space and time. So I'm not making this up. Like there's literature to back this up of guys that were following Crowley. And I mean, have your pick. It's it's all throughout all these, this literature. So they're, they're writing about it. And therefore that's why we go back to the idea of it being a sort of technology where they're tapping into it. And then the government, obviously we know that they're into the occult. Look at Parsons. Crowley was supposedly tied to three letter agencies. I mean, the list goes on and on where they're, they're obviously dabbling in this stuff. Now they're going to take it to the extreme. I mean, if you look at Parsons, right, one of the more infamous occultists, he was taking it to to the to the limit because he was a rocket scientist. He was seeing things blow up in the sky. So he's like, if I'm going to do the occult, I got to see something happen. I want results. Yeah, the first you know? thing they do when, when they find a new technology, what's the first thing that the people in power do with it? Let's weaponize it. Yeah. And they, they I mean, they literally everything that's ever come across human hands. The first thing they do with it is weaponize it. So yeah. I could I could honestly see the super soldier being the first application like now. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they just launch these things. But I was looking at it, the, the, the covid studies. Right. And they Tread said lightly, bro, we're on, we're on YouTube. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, I'm not actually going to talk about the virus itself. I'm talking about the animals they tested it on. There was a particular test that they had human mice hybrids in. Right. And. What? When I heard that, I was like, dude, that scares me more than the virus does. Like, seriously, yeah. think about how bad mice are. Like, I worked in the pest control industry for a little while. You know what I mean? Mice can be severely caustic little animals. You know what I mean? Now, give mice, let's say, a tenth of the intellect of a human being. Or just give them a minor human upgrade. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, bro. <laughs> gremlins, bro. We've got gremlins. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then that's, that, that's... That's where, again, I think that they figured out a formula. And I say this because I recently went to Tennessee and even at Tennessee, right? They have the, the, the collider at Oak Ridge and the, I've come across recently that occultists, the, the one thing that they, that they looked at as being super strong and super sought after. And I've seen it in recipes is the use of magnets and the large hydron collider uses different sets of magnets right and we all know what they're doing they're trying well, to do what try tap into other dimensions yeah, well, what yeah, if they're yeah. opening up portals you know how they gravity the the gravity the the one way they found to create a small field of gravity so far right 
and this is the one application that they were able to create any kind of gravitonic field where they've publicly talked about it. A, a ball of mercury around a supermagnet, right? Mm. The mercury condenses around the magnet to a point where it starts super rotating, right? In the magnetic field. Now, when that mercury starts super rotating, the magnet inside of it becomes viscous and starts rotating in the opposite direction. And that happens, they have instant gravity, right? Now, you take that application, right? And, and, and look at that. How many times does mercury come up in um, alchemy? Oh, yeah. It, it's I mean, ridiculous, Hermes. right? Yeah, yeah, I, like... I think our ancestors had a, a way to manipulate magnetic waves, gravitonic waves, and just waves in general, sound waves, light waves, different waves, to the point where they could collapse the void in between matter yeah. and then reanimate it, yeah. right? Because you, you hear them talk about the, the uh, ant people. They would press their head against the stone. They would hum. They were in the stone, right? They would disappear Whoa. into the mountain, into the side of the butte, <laughs> into the mesa, and they were gone, right? Anytime that somebody would chase them, they'd run up to a boulder or a large rock, place their head against it, they'd be gone, right? So, I mean, this this goes back into so many different cultures too. Mercury itself, right? They, they found under some of the Aztec pyramids, these pools of water that had mm. large quantities of mercury in them. The the terracotta like, warriors too yeah so at uh, the long u caves they found yeah. little deposits of mercury in the long u caves also so really were, were they doing something with mercury to create the ability to move these large stones i mean were they creating these gravitonic fields to move these stones and and get these megalithic structures built was that the lost technology that we don't have anymore i like to think it was a whole uh, army of homunculi that they just had. <laughs> <laughs> When, when you look at some of the tales of Sardinia and other places, you might not be entirely wrong. There may be a lot of well, cases that that was think, actually the case. I think it's in the Mahabharata or the Bhagavad Gita where they talk about how this god made 10,000, uh, like alchemically made like 10,000 warriors or something like that. And again, I could be wrong. I, I think it was Nick Hinton that sent to me one time. But here's the here's the problem that I've had with the homunculus. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, you talk about it too much. Well, when I do research, when I do miscellaneous research, it pops its head in. I don't. I don't look for it like intentionally. It like it, it pops its head, and I'm just like, well, this sounds really familiar. What does that sound like? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not gonna say it, but I'll hit the button for us real quick here. I got a. I made a button for it because I was just homunculus confirmed. You know what I'm saying? So there you confirmed. go. Certified mother homunculus so i gotta hit the button whenever we come across it on air because that's just the way it is i mean you take your pick any any legend of creation usually involves a sort of kind of sort of like a homunculus really any messiah so I, i've dubbed this the artificial prophets any messiah that you name that was immaculately concepted i mean that kind of sort of fall again if you apply Paracelsian principles to it, right? The hermetically sealed chamber, et cetera, et cetera. It, it falls under that homunculus. And I mean, that was an argument during the 15th century if Jesus was a homunculus or not. So it's not far-fetched, bro. Might, might, might this just be connected? Okay, you, you, you're talking about the men giving birth and all of that, right? Tell me there's not a race right now in, in society to be like the first man to give birth among a whole bunch of people. Yeah. I'm just saying like, 
are, are, do we have a whole fleet of people that have been programmed into doing alchemy for somebody else? Is, is this part of a larger ceremony that they've been programmed to complete for them? I mean, perhaps with the CRISPR technology, it would eventually be possible, or it is already possible, and in like 10, 15 years, they'll you know, tell us that it's actually possible, because if you can make the perfect baby that way, then... Look at ancient India, the, the temples in ancient India that we've talked about before. They have a perfect depiction of an artificial womb, the cell from the point of the sperm meeting the egg, mitosis, division, the whole nine yards, it's like all right there in stone carved. So, I mean, we, we, as humans, I think we've, I think Graham Hancock's right about one thing, right? I think this is not the first time that we've had technology. <laughs> and I don't think it's the first time. I think, I think in previous times, should I say we've had better technology, right? Or mm -hmm different and more beneficial technology, should I say. I think this time when we shunned Tesla for Edison, that was the diverging point where humanity just took a giant shit on its own porch. Pardon my, there's not too many profane words. So, I mean, it shouldn't flag us. But I mean, that was definitely a terrible idea. You know what I mean? We, we took a guy that was giving free zero point energy and said, yeah, no, we're just gonna off you because that's not profitable. Yeah. And I mean, we see that as a pattern in society now, but that's human nature, I guess, and unfortunately. Whole, like the whole miracle birth made me think that there are stories uh, from the Greek pantheon um like Dionysus coming back. For example, or you know, like we all know that Zeus, well, he can't keep it in his toga. He and yeah. um, I believe it was Who's the was it Artemis or who's the her her Greek equivalent? Uh, but she was saved by um, by Hera by Zeus's wife mm -hmm. and like planted in his thigh so that she could still be born. Like there were several gods and goddesses, I believe, born from like different parts of Zeus's body. You know, gods and goddesses. He yeah. you know, actually wished wished he, uh, you know, that wouldn't be born because, you know, bastard children. Mm -hmm. um, Dionysus had to be rebuilt piece by piece. Yeah, that's, that's another common thing you'll see. And, you know, in a whole lot of legends, like gods or divine beings having to be rebuilt. Yeah. Yeah. In Egyptian lore, who was it? Uh, you got set Osiris. Os Osiris. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, it's always the two brothers. It always goes back to the two brothers fighting. And then one is kind of sort of resurrected. And then there's various legends as to how the little baby, the little came to be. Right. I mean, and then the, obviously the, the phallic aspect to everything. So definitely there. Now, the way we interpret it, that's the thing we can argue. And, and here's what bothers me really about some of the, the community that some people will, they will argue in their face until they're blue that they have the answer. And it's like, none of us have, we no. can, you know, we can no. talk about this all day long and we don't, this is all pure speculation, right? I mean, I, I believe the answer does exist amongst humans, but it, we, 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 uh, plebeians will never see it. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's under the Vatican somewhere or, you, you, you know, it, <laughs> tell me you I don't, saw bro. Recently, it was, I think it was a Nick Cage movie where they were in a box underneath the Vatican. Was it Nick Cage? Oh, we Probably. Were. National Treasure was like all up in that stuff. But the, um, 
or Indiana Jones. I think it might have been one of the in latest Indiana Jones. I could be wrong. Anyways, I mean, look at the Smithsonian, right? The Smithsonian has taken so many skeletons of giants. And okay, yeah, there's a lot of people that'll just say, okay, no, it's a conspiracy, right? But here, when you look at this one aspect of it, just this one aspect, you have to kind of think about it and go, okay, maybe that's a little crazy. How many of those skeletons were confirmed by other anthropologists and other university scientists before the Smithsonian got them and then said, no, they were fake? Over a thousand. Over a thousand of those skeletons were confirmed by scientists university anthropologists, paleontologists, they were confirmed to be authentic, near human ancestral skeletons. And then all of a sudden the Smithsonian gets them and goes, oh yeah, no, that was plaster of Paris and it fell apart on us. How many like, homunculi do you think they have oh, underneath that's... the Vatican, bro? I don't know about the Vatican, but definitely in the Smithsonian archives. They've got skeletons to stuff in the Smithsonian archives that I, gar I guarantee you, like they've got, they've got things down there that have never been researched. They've been sitting there for 200 years in a box. Yeah, so they have, I don't know, like 50 miles worth of, of tunnels underneath there, like collectively, how crazy. Mm -hmm. there, there's so much stuff down there that, that by themselves, they could hire a fleet of 10,000 scientists to literally test that stuff all day, every day, and in the next hundred years wouldn't finish. Yeah, so no, definitely, I think that history- Why are they holding it? I think history itself has been rewritten. I think that it's been right. A lot of aspects have been occulted. And, I, and I've even come across this, like even doing research with mine unveiled where we would find, we found a copy of one of these grimoires in a medical journal. And the reason that they would do that is because right. Physician, magician, they were the same thing back then, but the, the people who were in the, they, they refer to it as the brotherhood in this text, the, your brothers, you would tell your other brothers, Hey, turn to page 33 or, or 69, whatever stupid page you want to name. Uh, and then towards that, you know, towards that text there, you're going to get the recipe for the thing. And you know what I'm saying? Wink, wink, right? The thing. And therefore yeah. it was a legitimate work and it was occulted within, you know what I'm saying? So it was, it was hidden in plain sight. And that's one thing that's really interesting about this whole alchemical aspect, because we're talking about cryptography and these guys were again, if to the uninitiated, you could read it and you would take it for face value. Like, oh, a dog dick and what else? Okay, that's really crazy. But then to the initiated, you knew exactly what you were talking about. So we could be facing something completely different that we have zero clue about because the initiated, when they read it, they're reading something just out of this world, right? That you can't even comprehend. And I think that's also an aspect of it. Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podtastic Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podtasticaudio.com slash easy. A lot of things back then were coded. And yeah, unless you were in the know, now, if, if all of the sudden they wipe out all the dudes that knew the code, now you just have a bunch of books full of babble. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? That's the thing, bro. That's the thing that the guys 
would right the 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 Florida man of the medieval times right of this <laughs> Renaissance era was like, yo, I'm gonna do everything it says here because it says I can be I can be a god incarnate you know on this world if I follow these instructions to the T. So guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna follow those instructions to the T. Right, two ounces of dog dick here, and a cow, da da, and all this here, and bada bing, bada boom. You have the powder puff girls who are, you know, uh, <laughs> chemical X. Whoopsie. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, with all that organic stuff, I mean, I'm sure you'll make something. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just I don't know if it's if it's gonna be exactly what you're expecting it to be, and like maybe maybe that's also a, a thing for um like to kind of scare off the the uninitiated you know they're looking at all those things and they're like i'm not, I'm not gonna, about to get that in my house or you know in my in the shed in the backyard you know well some some theologians that were experimenting with this natural magic the, the, the dog knows what's up he's like yo i don't, I don't want you to use it for a whole <laughs> The they were arguing as to like the ethics of creating this homunculus because does it have a soul? Did Thank God you. die for the sins of that homunculus? So, you know, you had like certain alchemists that would destroy it as soon as it came to life because they were afraid as to what would possess this empty vessel if it was already possessed with something. So it's like how you're saying, like they were dabbling in it, but they were still afraid as to because they were going against God. God is the only one that, you know, what God giveth, God yeah. taketh. So God's the only one that can create and take life, you know? Do you think the flatliners experiment is an example of the same thing? How they would literally like put themselves into a state of death and then bring themselves back to life as medical students, obviously messing around. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but Which one? once they flatliners. No, I haven't. I have, I'll check that out. Oh man, a group of medical students push themselves past the veil and they wind up bringing stuff back with them. Uh, they, there's an old one with Kevin Bacon and all them, Keeper yeah. Sutherland, and then there's a newer version. They're both pretty good and both along the same lines. Yeah, I believe Floodliners, it should be on Netflix. I watched it a few years ago with my uh, with my ex. It's a freaky-ass film, but yeah. Of course, Kevin Bacon, they have Roger Bacon and Francis Bacon, so that's kind of weird. Right? Yeah. It's Hollywood, though. I'm sure it's a cool one. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I think... That's another... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was, I was thinking, like, um, if... Uh, Let's say the homunculus is indeed a empty vessel. Would it be possible to use that empty vessel for eternal life? Like place your soul Alter into carbon. the Alter carbon, carbon child play. I mean, speaking Hi, of right, the, cinema, the cinemagicians at, at Netflix, I mean, they wouldn't put truths into movies or anything like that. Right? It's not hitting yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, know, I mean, I, I should. So and now I was, I, I was just touching on that before one, and I'm so glad you brought that up, right? James Cameron, Steven Spielberg, all these directors Avatar, in Hollywood, you know. right? Right where I was going with that, right? Now you have Steven Spielberg back in the day who used to have CIA and Black Book and Project Blue Book people giving him information, and he would use it in his movies. That's how we got ET, Close Encounters of the Third all of that stuff right never yeah now anyways now you look at they just found the etruscans right have you seen the find of the uh, tomb of the blue demon of the the etruscans or etruscans uh, hold on, let me look they, this up. Hold on, in the necropolis they found a tomb they called the tomb of the blue demon blue demon okay that what sounds the world tomb of the blue very... demons etruscan tomb and necropolis it's a yoten monte Rossi. Was discovered the, in 1985. The Etruscans were 
literally the Tersenian people, Terhenian oh. people. They were the sons of Tyr and Mars, right? Romulus and Remus, the sons of Mars, were Etruscans. Yeah, and they were like kind of sort of homunculus too, right? Now the Paratrians right? fighting. Yes. Now, think about this. That that blue demon, right? The the Avatar, the Jotun, right? They're all the same thing. Yeah. Now, the genie from Aladdin. James Cameron's basically telling us, hey, look, uh, those Jotun, mm, the, the Bifrost may be closed, but we found a way to get there. I, I think we have you know, a... Uh, he went to the bottom of the Mariana Trench trying to tap into other realms, other dimensions. We see this in Pacific Rim and, and that yeah. one movie with uh, the, the Megalodon, the Meg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, you have just recently, you can find this one also on, there's videos of Putin diving in subs right before this whole war broke out. All of a sudden, yeah. he started going to all these weird places in subs and diving. Lake Baikal, all these places that had weird encounters, right, specifically. And he was doing this with, like, one other dude in this little solo sub. They would go down. Who knows what they're doing? They were hanging and out. And then, right. Yeah. But, <laughs> nothing weird. Just two bros hanging out. Yeah. 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 Out in, Lake, in Lake Baikal, where the swimmers of Baikal were basically killed by the silver fishmen things, whatever you want to call them. Right. Yeah. But they go to all these places where all this uh, occult or paranormal or cryptid creatures yeah. have been seen and he's diving them now. So, so. You, you touch on a really I, I hadn't heard of this, but you touch on a good point uh, with the the vehicle for consciousness. Now, it relates to what I talked about earlier with the right, with the golden little man that exists in this mundane reality in order for you to escape samsara. So, again, it's a piece of you. We have that kind of sort of happening in the Avatar movie where the guy, you know, they transfer his consciousness into the yeah. Avatar, which was, again, grown in a lab. So sort of homunculi type of thing, right? So blue mm -hmm. homunculus. Then you link it to this blue demon. You have uh, you have scholars talking about how the homunculus was an artificial demon, too, as well. And so it's just making me think of, of the... Yeah, absolutely. And I think, right, you bring up the sub stuff. I, and recently, right, I covered the the Ocean Gate scandal. Oh, my how, God. Right, that was that an made me so mad, ritual type of thing. So who knows what they were doing? But, you know, there was even people in there. The, the part that really ticks me off, right, is, okay, so you needed to cover up information. Why did you have to use those people's death to do it? Bro? That was so wrong because it came it out back to the offering, bro. It goes they back knew to that the they died. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a sacrifice. They yeah. heard them die in real time. Yeah. They they heard the whole collapse. The Navy reported it within 14 minutes of it happening. Yeah. Right? They knew. Yet they were on the air saying to the news to all yeah. these people in the world, Your boy, just James pray Cameron. for them. Pray for them. We hear them tapping on the hull. Right. Come on, man. That's wrong. You know, no. And it's funny you bring up the tapping because isn't wasn't the tapping part of the the was the the encounters of a fourth kind or something, third kind, where if you hear three knocks, it's like a you know, you, you know, there's a some sort of paranormal presence nearby. And wasn't it three oh. knocks every time they were hearing it? And I think that Par Parsons also wrote about three knocks too. It's got, it's related to the, this alien encounter type of thing. I have to look for it, but I'm pretty I mean, sure. It, it is kind of connected to like the, the ghost world and the paranormal, like a uh, very reasonably yeah. big part of this. Which is uh, weird, right? Because the Titans are under Tartarus in this cavity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, but, that's like, another thing I went off on. Think about this, dude. They taunted the Titans, right? The Titanic, the Titan sub, 
in the Atlantic Ocean, Atlanta, uh, or excuse me, Atlas and Oceanus, two more Titans. So you've got the name of four different Titans, right? And you're going down there with these people taunting them, right? They took down the Titanic. You taunted sure them with it's that. A name. It's a coincidence. Uh, it's a coincidence, bro. Yeah. Now you go in there with the Titan sub, and it oh, goes man. down. It's dude, all coincidence. Just, I think it's conspiracy, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, dude. It's all to. I I believe at the end of the day, it's to alchemize reality, which they have. And I mean, you see it again. Back to the whole Netflix thing with the altered carbon. What's that whole thing about? About taking your you know you, you grow an bodies and, and you just take your mind and you implant all your memories into but now there's this musk transhumanistic movement where it's like we don't even have to have a biological vessel you, you download right into the cloud right you just plug you yourself right the in PlayStation commercial the spore commercial it was like a playstation 10 or something they did it like a couple years ago it was this I don't know if it was a mock commercial or if that was like Sony's actual thing, but like the production value of it was ridiculous. So it made me think it was something that PlayStation actually did, but it was called the PlayStation Spore. Hmm. The PlayStation Spore? Like with alchemizing reality. See if you can find that. Watch it because the dude breathes it in and all of a sudden it's in him. Oh. What the? I mean, I, I've seen that before like it's always this like black powder black goo stuff and like with alchemizing reality that, that really makes me think of like shifting timelines and the whole mandela effect and whatever would that mm -hmm. be like one of the consequences or is that deliberate like are they kind of looking for the the timeline where they do eventually win or the mandela effect is caused by cern bro we're 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 hitting a an area where now with these these hadron colliders i think they're opening up multiple time forks like right? a spider verse like the spider kind of but they re-diverge right that's the, the, the goal is to yeah. to see if they can spike them and then re-diverge them uh what's that show that just came on about the chick who was the gamer and then she went into the future uh amazon prime oh my god I don't know. Dude, me and my wife watched it. Chloe Grace Moretz was in the show, but she was a gamer in the future, and they figured out a way to transmit themselves into the future through gaming or through this hookup. And she was basically in an avatar of herself in the future. And dude, it was ridiculous, but it was the same thing. They figured out how to make diverging so, time paths that like slightly separated. So kind of like metaverse meets time travel. I mean, that's happening right now, though, bro. With the sea, kind of the seas, the sentient, branching. the sentient world simulation per that they're doing. Uh, per peripheral, peripheral. That's yeah, the I've name of the that. show. Yeah, that so you, get, you get you get a you get a cybernetic homunculus tied that's sympathetically tied to you because if you think about, so we're talking about corporate. You brought up threads earlier and Instagram. You talk about all these corporations being a sort of homunculus, right? Like this sort of parasitic thing that takes your information and then puts it where where is it putting well we know that they're making simulations of reality itself well what if they're feeding that ai or that golem or whatever that is and it's sympathetically linked to you to whatever happens in that simulation might kind of happen to you who knows i mean we don't really know how it works we know about quantum entanglement we know about the placebo effect we know about certain things that kind of happen 
right? The law of contagion, all these different things. It's like, what are they really trying to do? And I think like what happens in the Matrix movies. Example, if you like die in the Matrix, you die in. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Here's an interesting question, right? Yeah, all these people that are into the Matrix theory, right? They, they are. I, I've met quite a few people that say they're no longer religious or whatever that they're now into the Matrix theory, or they went from being agnostic or atheist into the Matrix theory because they've just seen too much weird stuff. Um, I have a question. If the matrix theory is that there was a world created and that we are inside of it, what would you call the creator if you're not religious? I mean, you can call him the, the, the architect, you can call him the programmer, you can call him whatever you want. The, the Wouldn't it essentially Donald? just be God though? Yeah, I, I'm in my personal belief, that's God, yeah. That's the guy yeah. Who's, who's pushing them, who's you know now, looking at the code, right? Matrix, digital religion, period. That's it. People that got so far into programming and their ba brain got burned by programming language, they've literally gone into digital religion. Don't That's go the far, though, because Neo in the Matrix, he's grown in what? In a pod? I mean, what is mm -hmm. Yeah. Artificial. Well, think about that. How many, sure how, how many Hollywood movies have we just talked about that all had some type of body to transfer a consciousness into or so created by? And, and this is all within the last couple of years that all these things have come out. Oh, some of them are a little older, but. So to, to link, so let's come full circle because we can talk about as of lately, you had Greer. So I think that there's somebody called me the the guy who is responsible for the homunculus soft disclosure, he said. And you have Greer coming out and talking about how the, the alien greys that we all know and love in the traditional UFOlogy mm. or UFOlogy or UFOlogy lure that abducts cows and abducts people oh, man he froze oh y'all can you hear me you froze for like yeah. three seconds yeah you said they're abducting you said they're abducting people and then <laughs> hitting on the good people no. hold on let me look outside my window because <laughs> dude i i don't i don't know if i should say it because you know they're coming a knocking so right idea, so what i was saying greer right? This, this ufology realm, he talked about how the, the traditional alien gray that we know and love that abducts people, right? And that takes the cattle mutilations and all these things were artificially created by the government. So it's like, they're putting this in our, in our, in our subconscious already of like, Hey, we kind of sort of already have now they might not call it a homunculus. They're calling it an alien gray, but the way the technology that they probably use probably came from you know, well, the, these books. Look what they came here on breeding vessels. The, the original greys first landed on Earth in what's, what they called breeding vessels. Whoa. They were basically third or fourth generation travelers or whatever the case may have been. You know what I mean? Like however many generations it took for them to make it from where they were at to Somebody where said, we are. I'm ready. Put me in the Tamagotchi. <laughs> Is that bird dog? No, oh, it's somebody oh, else. All right. Oh, man. Oh, that's well, a trip, dude. Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty yeah. trippy. But this, I think that's where we're headed because, right? Let, let's go. Let's go back a little bit about the alchemization, the transmutation of reality. Well, if you want to believe these occultists or these alchemists, you can. I mean, Falconelli, the last greatest alchemist, if you will, right? The 1920s. He talked about how these cathedrals were what they were the secrets to the philosopher's stone. Well, who helped build and fund a lot of these cathedrals well the knights templar what were the knights templar doing well the knights templar were worshiping and talking to baphomet well if you look at the concept of a homunculus baphomet himself is sort of homunculus because they were invoking 
this entity yeah. into this head of the or maybe a skull and bones or maybe you know something similar i mean again it's 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 i think it's a sort of technology that has been tapped into since the very beginning of time and it's just changed a little bit right there's different ways to skin the cat just how there's different ways of creating a homunculus i mean it's the same thing so i think it goes back to that and if, when you really start to peel apart i love my favorite anime is the full metal alchemist where the premise of that show that the homunculus are at the forefront and they're, they're the cabal right spoiler alert they're the cabal at the center of it all that kind of rings true in this this weird reality that we're in where maybe what of these elites are some sort of vessel perhaps or artificially who knows right we talk about the president Dude, having a double and can, can you do me a favor bring up a picture of benjamin cumberbatch what benjamin just please cumberbatch. please just any 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 picture of him will do and benedict cumberbatch yes oh dude this guy looks like an alien gray this is this okay. is mr Boom. now bring up a picture of paul next to him tell me that they're not like related to each other <laughs> oh, all right bro. i've recently seen a um um like a, a youtube video about zoolander dude tell yeah, me man. tell me cumberbatch and paul aren't cousins dog I'm just saying, dude. Oh shit, for sure, for sure. One breeding generation I, apart, dude. They're they're one hybrid <laughs> generation apart. See, I think Benedict Cumberbatch and Mark Zuckerberg, they're of the first generation of hybrids that were able to enter intersperse into the human population. This is Doctor Strange, too, right? Yes, it yeah. is, bro. It's weird because he uses sigils and stuff like that. I mean, that that's yeah. Boom. Tell me that isn't just like so perfect. They have a a. I, I don't know if I want to call him an Andromedan or, or a gray hybrid, but he's I mean, definitely not fully human, bro. He's something, all right. Yeah, this guy looks plasticky, right? Dang, I never even seen him with this hair. I've always seen him in these movies. Yes. He looks more human in these movies. Yes, they make him look far more human in the movies, dude. Watch him speaking on the red carpet and stuff, and you're like, whoa. It's like whoa. another Mark Zuckerberg, like, how do I, like, let me hydrate my... My internal organ. Yeah, like this like, is what humans do, right? But yes, and, and that's the meme, dude, about it. Like Mark Zuckerberg is so awkward. You look at the dude and he is so and Musk, awkward bro. around yeah. other people. It's almost like he's not used to being around humans. <laughs> I'll do you one better. This is Benedict Cumberbatch as a, uh, like in Zoolander 2. Uh, and he is a non-binary kind of artist here, supposedly. What? Like, come on, man! Like, you yeah, were, talking, right. about, got a pretty you were talking about Paul. Now, and, like, I, you guys I remembered this, and I was like, dude. The actress that played Gabriel in um it looks like Grimes too. Musk girl. The, the actress that played Gabriel and Constantine. She looks almost just like Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, if if we are to believe, okay, let, let, let's let's just for a second suspend disbelief that this entire cabal is all related. Because I mean, we've seen that time and time again. The Habsburg yeah. jaw, where they were interbreeding so much that they, because again, they could, they didn't want to pollute their bloodline. And let's say that this is the same type of thing that's happening, but let's say maybe it's happening in a con controlled environment. Look at all these artists that have uh, the, 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 where they have a surrogate type of birth that they don't yeah. give birth themselves. Like what's happening there? Well, if you apply alchemical principles to it, Paracelsian principles, you get into this realm again of these, and they can birth them. They see section almost all of them where they're, they're birthed at a specific time. 
specific alignment in, in the stars, specific time of day to align it all up in this organic simulation, right? In order yeah. to have favorable a favorable outcome. So you know when you roll stats in like in Dark Souls and you get you you just roll random stats, keep rolling. Well, that's maybe what they do, and they roll a stat and they're like, all right, this is gonna be more favorable for this little homunculi that's gonna grow up to be on, on the red carpet, right? Which is like one of the stages of alchemy too. Okay. You have the different four yeah. stages of alchemy. The reddening stage, which is there, when you've achieved this, the what? The magnum opus. Yeah, like there was this this guy on Twitter. I either he got like his account got deleted, or I I just I lost the follow. He was looking through all the genealogy, uh, like the whole genealogy of Hollywood, and basically, like everyone is related to each other. You know, they're they're like they're cousins or third cousins or fifth cousins or whatever but they're never like far removed from each other like mm -hmm. you if you go like uh, down enough generations six degrees to kevin bacon works with genealogy too not just the yeah. uh the movie sub actors well not only that but let's take it let's let's homunculize it if the the topic of the homunculus is at the furthest 3.92 degrees of separation from any major topic somebody ran the math we have the math let me pull up the 3.92 yeah so three degrees on certain if it's top 50 and 3.92 wow. and the so top that means like 3.9 clicks away from touching a subject that's homunculi related exactly bro let me pull up the Dude. chart here so you guys can see this wikipedia Dude, you can go into wikipedia and it's um i want to say like within within three to four clicks you can hit it on just about everything with a Wikipedia article. You'll find something that leads to Tartaria and then from Tartaria to this and then from that to the homunculi. So Maybe I mean- Pull up my screen real quick. Degrees of separation within Wikipedia, how many clicks till the homunculus? So somebody ran the numbers, right? And you have the three degrees of separation, right? The, mm -hmm. the, the one, two, three, right? So if you apply that to the homunculus, the homunculus is in some aspects, 3.92 or three from the top 50, right? And in the, the Wikipedia game, the way you play it is, you can only use the blue hyperlink. So you can tie homunculus yep. to history of chemistry, boom, Western culture, boom, the United States right there. Bada bing, bada boom. You have here Star Wars. I think Mark Zuckerberg is up here. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. You have this guy here, which we all know about. We have Kanye West. <laughs> Stephen Hawking. You have right that word, United Kingdom, France, Harry Potter. Interesting. Star Wars. I mean, look at the Attack of the Clones. I grew up watching those movies. We all grew up. That was one of my favorite movies growing up. Attack of the Clones. I mean, dude, that's now, right there. Attack. Tell me and then what, what happens? They tell me they've not been numbing us to it, bro. Yeah, now, 100%. look at the, the, the latest lineup of Marvel movies, right? You've got the Secret Invasion, and then it ends. The, the, I think the first one is Secret Invasion. Then it ends at the New World Order, basically, right? So yeah. in, in the secret invasion, the idea of it is uh, they've already been here for two generations and they've interbred into us for so long that nobody ever noticed. And whole different universes as well, you know, the DC yeah. universe, the Marvel universe. Uh, you know, you were talking about the Spider-Verse and yeah. like all different universes and other dimensions and traveling between the dimensions, you know, speaking of Cumberbatch, uh, whatever. Who, yeah, Doctor Strange. Yeah, that guy, you know. Which I enjoy those movies, but it, again, it's out, it's alchemical. He's doing sigils and the signs and yeah. boom. He's, he's all over the Marvel verse. Zuckerberg's all over the metaverse. Hey. Right? I'm, I'm telling you, and look at Zuckerberg and, and Cumberbatch side by side, dude. 
that they're, they're another set that they don't look. One is a great, the questionably human. Let's just say that. Let's just say questionably human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's what they're trying to do with with Mark Zuckerberg versus Musk. You have the reptilian versus the alien gray. So you have the Pleiadian versus the. See, I, see, I say Andromeda and Pleiadian, right? I say, like, somebody posted that meme with Zuckerberg at the window, and it was like, what do you do if you see this? At, at, and I was like, you immediately tweet Elon Musk and let him know that the reptilian invasion has begun so he can rally the Andromedans and Pleiadians against them. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my so, God, it's, be it's become pop culture jokes now, dude. Now, now, what have I told you guys that you have – according to neuroscience, a homunculus in your brain right now. Yeah. So the representation of your neural neurological map. So what, how much your brain controls, how, you know, which part of your body is represented through what's called the cortical homunculus. Now that's an actual medical term that they use in neuroscience or neuropsychology where I've even heard it linked to traumas and your homunculus that's in your brain. So think of your brain. I'm going to pull up here a picture. Yeah, I wonder if they're doing it like a nerve map, and that's why they're calling it that. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they map which nerves hit which spots in your brain, and then they can also map what the person in the brain looks like by those different yeah. spots, like the and head react here, the arms react here. Yeah, exactly, and they're able to come up with your own. So everyone's homunculus is different, and it's constantly changing depending on your environment. So obviously a person that listens more than talks and you know it's going to be different in the in the proportions but uh, this is something legitimate in in neuroscience now an interesting aspect to the homunculus argument which is linked to the it's called the cartesian theater there was a philosophical argument saying you know what's in my head observing my reality and if it is a little version of me because i was part of pre-formationism that everything exists in a smaller form of itself. Well, what's inside that homunculus's brain? You know, is there another one? So add in, you know, you know, I say turtles all the way down. Well, it's, it's homunculus all the way down because there's a homunculus inside your brain and there's another one inside his brain and add infinitum all yeah. the way. You remember the movie, remember the show Herman's Head? I think they came out with another version of that recently, but there used to be a show called Herman's Head back in the day where the dude had interpretations of like all of the different figments of his personality mm -hmm. were different people inside his head. And it, when you said that, it just kind of reminded me of that because now bro, he's got little bro. people in his head. The Shining, yeah. Kubrick, <laughs> the little boy has a homunculus in his little finger. Mm -hmm. Dude, oh, I, all right, let's get yeah. into Stephen King real quick. Just real quick, because I actually got in an argument with this fucker on Twitter not too long ago. I'll right? go on Twitter, bro. That's where you messed up. But, but listen, I don't care, dude. I'll go on Twitter if I can argue with Stephen King because it's worth it. Right? He does it for sports. Yeah, yeah, come on, dude. I get in a trolley mood and I'm like, hmm, Stephen King, you're in for it today. Rob Reiner, I'm coming for you next. <laughs> anyways, so I, I get in these moods. But anyways, Stephen King had said something the other day, so I got into that junk, right? And then somebody had posted something about, like, how, how dare I attack one of the greatest authors in American history? I said, the dude's a talented author. But let's look at how disturbing He's every free, piece bro. of his material is, right? Oh. I said, let's, they're all tied into the Dark Tower series. Look at the little rose key and lock on the back of it, right? Now he's got the symbolism there that you can tie. The dirty heads use a lot of that symbolism, the like the skeleton, the rose, the key, the lock symbol, all that. Yeah. Anyways, now you, you tie that in and look at the Dark Tower series as a whole. What was it? It was people stealing children and taking their essence. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
they call them breakers. Yeah. They call the kids breakers or whatever in mm-hmm. in the series. But that's really disturbing because, like, now you look at the PizzaGate mm-hmm. conspiracy that was going on, and okay, yeah, PizzaGate was a whole bunch of fake crazy crap wrapped around a few real details like Epstein and a couple other things, oh, and then they tried to, mm-hmm. they tried to discard it all at one time, right? And I, I mean, we know that's the CIA's way of just discarding real information is by wrapping a bunch of crap around it, associating it with it, and then throwing it all out at once. I, I mean, they would never, so, they would never, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Like, the, yeah, they, they did it in the 50s, they did it in the 60s, they did it in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s and 2010s, but they just decided to stop a couple years ago. I don't ago. know about you, yeah. but I love, I love Joe Biden. I love, I love the Yeah, I love totally. The they're always your friends, too. I mean, they're, they're, they're looking out for your best interests. Hi everyone, this is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. Mm-hmm. I'm Dutch. I don't care about him. Like, we have our own idiots. What country yeah. are you in, bro? The Netherlands. How is that? That's um, questionable right now. I've seen some of the news coming from there lately, boy. Whew. Oh, yeah. Uh, we just crowned our first uh, trans- nice. transgender Miss Netherlands. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Is she hot? They just... <laughs> They just shut down 3,000 cattle farms I mean, because cow farts are evil. Is she hot? I mean, it's 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 a dude on estrogen with a axe wounds down below. So, oh, let me no. see. Uh, <laughs> dude, have you ever uh, seen just... the picture of the dude balancing an, an axe on his chin? And it said, this is how trainees are made. I'm sorry, Yo, I shouldn't it, say it, that. Let me be honest. It could be a lot worse, okay? That's, it, that's it's not. True. I mean, it's not perfect, but it could be a whole lot worse than 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 this thing. That's, I mean, that's true. They could, they could have a reptilian. Worse. Um, I mean, we just had our fourth or fourth cabinet fall with the uh, the prime minister. Uh, he failed at least the last three times. So three out of four, he failed. And... Yeah, check him. Check him on this. The look at the Masonic checkerboard. Look at that. Look at that. You see him on the oh, checker? God. Oh my god. Yeah. Hey, that picture of the baby in the jar. Have you guys ever seen the symbolism for Hermaphrodite? Hermes and Aphrodite got blended together by a serpent against a tree and turned into one being called the Hermaphrodite, right? Yeah. And it it's a symbol of an androgynous being kind of with the caduceus behind it. And it just when I seen that baby in the jar, dude, it was like but no, no don't, don't Google home Aphrodite, by the way. That's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I, Especially I, I, not on air. That's not I, great. I'm, I'm aware. Yeah, You're not going to find Greek mythology no. there. That's for sure. No, no. And like, if, if you do like um, erase your history afterwards or just like throw it. Right. Uh, so my history is toast, bro. The, the CIA <laughs> is just like, bro, this guy. Is... I, I have this theory that I want to run by you because I ask a lot of people the same thing, especially people that are into alchemy and they talk about Hermes and all that stuff. Right. Hermes Trismegistus, Hermes thrice great. Right. Now, have you ever seen the depiction of like how they'll show a god like Baal or one of them, how they'll have like a bull head, a lion head? And then another animal head, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like they now, I think that representation, like thrice great, 
would insinuate that he's lived through three eras of the Zodiac, right? And he's been known as three different God pantheons. He's been known as Hermes. He's been known as Odin. He's been known as, you know, uh, this God over here. And I, I, I wanted to know what you think about that. Why, why do you think they call him Hermes thrice great? And you know that he's been associated with multiple other gods. So mm-hmm. what, what is your thought on that? I, I think, think we lost time real quick. Did we? I think that as far as that goes, I think that it might be like right, some sort of syncretism happening. And I think that people, so people always, and I've always asked this, why do people try and androgenize like these entities or these, these forces or whatever it is. And I think when it comes to the, the thrice great, I think the three plays a big role in it too, because obviously you have the Holy Trinity, which is like one of the more weird aspects of, Right, at least the Christianity that I, that that I was a part of, really. I mean, I consider myself a Christian, but I don't practice. I don't practice. I guess I still believe in God and all that. But this idea of the right, the three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, I think that there's something about that in in, in alchemy as well, right? You have the triad and Pythagoreanism, and I think it's all about coming together to form, in my opinion, the the right. So the the and it's weird because. What I love about Pythagoreanism, right, to, to go on a little tangent here, is that you have the three that become the one. Well, if the, the three become the one, become the monad. Well, the three plus the one become the, the I forgot the, the four, but uh, it represents materiality. So reality itself. And what I love about, about Pythagoreanism is that it kind of shows you like the building blocks of existence kind of sort of. So you have the monad, the one, the source. You have the, tr- the duad, the, the, you know, the opposition of that. So you have always have the brother. And then, you know, the two opposing brother, two opposing forces, yin and yang. Then you have the three where you add a third one in there. Sometimes it's feminine. Sometimes it's not. Right. And then when you build on top, when you add one more to that, you have reality itself. Right. If you fold across out, you know, the four represents materiality, the tetragrammaton. Right. The uh, yeah. these words that are spo- that speak existence into being essentially. So uh, when it comes to Hermes, I think he's like at the center of that, like. If you add one more thing to that, because what is he? Thoth, Hermes, and, and, Odin. and Odin. Is it Odin? Really? Odin. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's, he, Hermes and Odin had been associated by more than one different person, but Tacitus was probably one of the most famous because he, he directly associated the god of the Germanics with being a living version of Hermes. So I have here, so Greek, Hermes, Egyptian god Thoth, and then where's the fourth? Or the, the third one. I don't see a third one here. Anyways, yeah, that's that's interesting for, because for as far as we know, that's Odin uh, connected to Mercury, of course. Mm. See, because it, it, and he also specifies that Isis was also another deity that was in um in Germania, Scandinavia area at the time. Be- yeah, I, and I, that, I think that, we're talking about all the same gods or entities. I, I think they bounced, dude. I think the Atlantean gods literally bounced from continent to continent, right? Because if you look at the story of like Flawlock and um, Viracocha and all of the gods in South America, it's a bearded Quetzalcoatl. It's a bearded lizard serpent god. They called them that because they arrived on um two serpents now picture a viking longship coming from a mile away with the big jormungandr sails right mm-hmm. you've got the ship that looks like a dragon and then yeah, the, the giant dragon, sail with another hats. serpent on it yeah. right so he rode in on two serpents 
You know what I mean? And I, I think there's a lot of symbology behind there. Also with like Balak, it said that basically he came, he taught them different parts of culture, like uh, block building, um, different types of farming, a few other things. And then his brother came back and said, we need you for a war, right? Now, if you look at the time frame, that's right around the, the time that they, these tales were recorded in stone was right around 500 AD, right? Now, I've seen several other interpretations that Ragnarok was at 536 AD. The rock rune stone, if you look at the dating on it, puts the description of the death and everything that happens in the, the I guess, year of winter or whatever it was, right to 536 AD at the Dark Ages. So apparently Ragnarok happened right then. So did Thor come and get Loki or whichever other god it was in South America and say, yo, we need you for Ragnarok, let's ride. <laughs> and then the Dark Ages happened. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think, it, it, look at the Native Americans, right at the Dark Ages, they had the, um, the Moon-Eyed people on one coast and on the other coast, they had the Ant people come and show them how to survive. And now you have Mesa Verde, right? Where they basically learned how to make jerked meat. They learned how to farm some corn. They learned how to make houses up high so they couldn't be raided and they could keep their supplies. And they were prepared for a long winter. And then it came. And, and that's also, right, to, to come full circle, the one aspect of alchemy is also eschatology. So, so like the end times, the end of the world, mm -hmm. uh, the Ragnarok, the unveiling, the apocalypse. And uh, I think that... Right. Again, it's that Ouroboros. And so yeah. I think that some some of these alchemists or occultists or whatever they are, I thought they were also like John D and Edward Kelly. Like these entities were trying to quite literally alchemize and transmute religion. Right. They wanted a, a one world order, a new world order. They wanted that. Right. And that's what they were kind of giving them the blueprints for. But then it got weird because I think you also had that trickster entity in there as well. Right. Like this DMT elf type of thing where it's like oh okay and it kind of got perverted and but they were trying to quite literally do that they they were like hey you need to go here you need to do this this and this and then we're gonna have this great apocalypse well apocalypse doesn't mean like the end of the world it means unveiling so and i think that's what's happening now too like we're having this great unveiling and people are kind of sort oh, yeah. of starting to and wake up from the bs that's been presented to them which I mean, ragnarok means twilight of the gods but what happens after twilight yeah. you know what i mean you've got a new dawn so yeah. it, it's it, it's it's a cycle it's always a cycle um and and that's with norse mythology it basically starts with two human characters that are breathed life into well not starts with but humanity starts with the two human characters that are breathed life into ask an emblem by odin right and they, they find these two basically logs a one of ash and one of elm on a beach and odin billy and bay find them and odin breathes life into them and that's the first two humans right mm -hmm. and then it comes full circle to where the gods come to their dawn there's a twilight a war and then at the end of it, there's two new humans that are born out of a tree. They're saved in a tree, but their names are uh, Lif and Lifrasir, which means life and teeming with life. So essentially, it's it's thought that it's a, a guy and then a girl that's pregnant. Yeah, yeah. I'm making a little homunculus probably. So <laughs> <laughs> I know this is I think that I think it's all one big full circle. I think it's all one circle. And again, I mean. I always tell people, do your own research. Don't take my word for it. I think that the homunculus phenomenon could be linked to a lot of different aspects of history. 
And I think that it's even present today as, as recent as a certain guy who probably didn't kill himself in prison. I think it's linked to that. And, uh, you know, I think it, I think that the Holly weird is definitely using this technology now you're tapping into it. Do you, do you think they have a way, you know, the, the term Roman death, right? I, I, I might've heard of it. Yeah. Well, just, you can Google that. They say that Epstein got the Roman death basically where he kept his mouth shut. He went to prison, he died and he'll be reborn. Right. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. They don't ever die, bro. Like the idea is that because that he stayed true to them, they will make sure that he is reborn in a new form. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. That, and that goes back to this vehicle of consciousness yeah. or your soul or whatever it is, this occult double. And that's why they don't care about money or materiality or anything. Cause they just come right back and they, they, they take it over in some other place, right? They, they, they launder money in certain countries that we know about, right? That they're sending stuff over to mm-hmm. and all this stuff. It's all connected, man. And, and I think that the elites are all homunculus at, at one, at one level. I think that they're, yeah, they're definitely in there and there's people pulling the string. Well, that brings us back to full circle again. And um, it looks like we're going to be about running out of time here soon. I know that, uh, I know you've got future plans. Where can, uh, where can the yeah. people come later tonight? What other stream are you going to be on? I'm doing a private stream. I'm not live streaming. I'm not, a, I'm not, I'll be honest. I'm not a fan of live streaming. I think that uh, there's a lot of pressure, right? And anxiety, but uh, I'm going to be doing a, a Patreon show, but. Yeah, you can find me on on my website tjojp.com. I do have a YouTube one one podcast and yeah, patreoncom slash the one podcast, the Juan on Juan podcast, and you can find yes. my podcast really any major podcast platform, Google, Spotify, wherever, Apple. You can find me on there, and usually I release uh, one to two episodes a week. I have various shows. I have about three or four shows at this point yeah this was fun thank you guys for inviting me yeah you're uh it's you're not you for... <laughs> sorry sorry yeah. the, 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 the delay from netherlands it kills me because I, I... <laughs> anyways no it's been uh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh having you on uh you have given us a lot to uh to think about you have made some more connections i definitely had some uh, aha moments um, oh yeah those are the best oh yeah for sure so yeah thank you very much for uh for coming on and uh for everyone who hasn't checked out one his work yet uh go do so like he makes like absolutely awesome stuff uh that's why i put up in the description as well like if you haven't seen his stuff yet under what rock have you been living um because you're you're blowing up like with especially with the homunculus stuff man you're going everywhere that's why i am taking advantage of it of course yeah Yeah, man i've I've seen you in a lot of places with a lot of podcasts that i've watched for quite a while like doc narco longo I know you you frequent with him, but also with Donut, with Sam Tripoli. Like you you're you're bouncing around, bro. You're 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 getting there. Appreciate it. Yeah, I I, I tried to. I'm trying to make something of it. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, thank well, you. We'll hope to see that go somewhere for you, bro. Appreciate we'll put you. some positive positive vibrations out there in the word for you. Appreciate oh yeah, you for sure. For sure. Uh, and for everyone watching, everyone listening, if you want more of the Greyhorn Pagans, you can go to our website, www.greyhornpagans.com. Everything we do is on there is linked on there, whether that be the podcast, Tribe, um, 
many of us have our own Substack as well. We talk about different things. Um, Raven, Raven Wolfgar, our Vitki, um, he does a lot of RPG, D&D stuff. Uh, Thane, Josh, you have your, um, your usual stuff, of course, diving deep into Thersinians and every once in a while making comments about the state of the world because we need to we need to do that as well of course and then together with my wife fire Faye, i'm doing like a whole thing on manifesting the life that we want for ourselves so if you are all interested in that if you want to see more go to www.careerandpagans.com um that's where you're gonna find everything josh thank you including me go to go to greyhornpagans.com i'm there also Awesome. Yeah. So thank you all for coming. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. It has been an amazing show. And yeah, until next time. Bye, guys. Bye.